Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit michters.com to find out how their taste is everything, cost be damned, attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and when I'm not hosting In the Drink, you can find me at one of our restaurants where I act as the beverage director, um, and those restaurants are Del Anima, Lartuzzi, Lapicho, and Altalinia, just for this summer at the Highline Hotel, and our wine bar, Anfora. Hope to see you there. And uh, if you like In the Drink, you can always listen to past episodes on www.heritageradionetwork.org or download them on iTunes. And please do subscribe on iTunes. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to keep up to date with uh, all of our guests on In the Drink. Uh, speaking of our guests, um, we are honored today to have a legend in fine taste and delicious things here on the show. Um, a gentleman who has been uh, bringing really delicious food and, uh, and now uh, drinks and wine particularly to the Upper East Side for over four decades. Um, really extraordinary to have Eli Zabar in the studio today. Welcome to In the Drink. It's great to have you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, uh, proud to be here and uh, really, I think, uh, about to enjoy it. <laughs> um, you mentioned when we were getting started, and I, I can't believe this is true, but this is kind of, sort of maybe the first one of the first times that you're actually talking about wine. I'm sure you've done thousands of interviews, I don't even know, hundreds of interviews o- over the years. Um, certainly so well-respected for, uh, for being a, a grocer, uh, but uh, you know, you've had a, a wine shop for uh, you know, over a decade, and uh, your restaurant uh, has an, an extraordinary wine program. How is it possible that people are I haven't been talking to you about wine. Well, Joe, I, I can give you an analogy. Uh, uh, 20 years ago I, or more, uh, I, I built uh, over a half an acre of uh, gardens on the roof of my buildings. And I've been harvesting uh, all kinds of things from lettuces to Meyer lemons and tomatoes for 20 years. And nobody paid attention to me until about three years ago. So sometimes it takes a very long time. For the, when you're ahead of the curve, it takes a long time for the uh, rest of the curve to catch up. Wow. Is, is that possible that a Meyer lemon can grow in, in New York City? Oh, yeah. We have a whole bunch of Meyer lemons. But, uh, I mean, more spectacularly, the, uh, the, um, it's very exciting to go up there when it's snowing and, and the lettuces are growing yeah. and it's, it's like 70 degrees. And uh, uh, so we've been doing that since... Uh, the early 90s, I've been using the heat from ovens for, uh, like, over here, it's, it's great, the pizzas and everything they're doing, but they're throwing the heat into the atmosphere. I took the, heat from the, I took the heat from my ovens and I converted it into energy to heat the greenhouses. So, uh, um, and we're growing all kinds of micro lettuces all year round and, and tomatoes from the beginning of April 
uh, right through till uh, December. Wow. And, and so this is at the Vinegar Factory. That's, yeah, that's over on 91st Street. And uh, is it possible for people to just go and, and view, in, uh, or, is, or is it just kind of like an employees-only area? Well, it, for serious people, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of serious interest, as I said, over the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think anybody paid attention for the first 17 uh, if, if people are really excited and interested, we'll give them little tours. And right. I, I'm one of the managers, uh, and everybody's very proud of it. Uh, so, uh, um, anyway. So, yes, yeah, possible. I mean, we're here to talk it's about possible. wine, yeah, but yeah, that, exactly. that is exactly. pretty darn well, cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I, I didn't realize that. How did you even come up with this idea to use the oven energy for... Are you some sort of... Uh, Bioscience engineer on, on the side? You know, I'm, I'm not at all, but I, I had a desire to grow tomatoes, and my wife reminded me that the actual, I, 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 must be, I must have created a lot of mythology in my telling these stories, but she set me straight. She said I was buying tomatoes from some guy in, uh, out in Las Vegas who was using uh, uh, underground heat or something, to, and, and I, that gave me the idea, and the guy became very difficult and wouldn't ship me tomatoes so i said well i'm going to uh, I'll, I'll build my own greenhouses and uh and i, I have my own energy so that, that was the origins of it. wow yeah. and you know what i think it's a wasted resource that so many yeah. people don't use uh rooftops for growing things for having green stuff so i, I think i commend you on your work there Thanks. um but how do, how do you even get into uh, wine. I know you've been an avid collector for many years. Um, it seems that having great food around, great products, uh, you certainly have excellent cheeses and, and breads, and wine kind of goes along well along with that. But what made you want to get into opening a, a brick-and-mortar retail wine store? Oh, uh, you know, I don't know. That's, a, uh, that's not much of an answer for, for radio, is it? Uh, the... Um, I, I, uh, well, you know, we, going back to the growing... Uh, uh, growing and and making things has always been my passion. Um, I I was never very good at school, uh, except for the part of using your hands to try to make things. And and I, I think you know the connection between wine and and uh, wine and me and and uh, growing tomatoes and me is, is all part of the same thing. It's part of growing and it's part of admiring. It's it's actually takes me to admiring people who really do grow things well or or who do make things really well. And and people who have a heritage. Uh heritage is very important to me. Uh that that fa- that somebody in a family uh has been you know that a family has been kind of working the soil uh, for a uh, hundred years or two hundred years, and that there's somebody in the family that wants to do it, and it becomes part of their it becomes part of their soul, part of their DNA. Um, uh, and my my focus in my wine store has always everything I do I just do for myself. I'm only interested in my own. I'm interested in my own interests. Uh, I my philosophy has been. Um, that if, if 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 I if I do it and I do it well, there'll be enough people to who'll appreciate it to so we can make a living out of it. Uh, um, and so we, and so that love just translated into uh, a love for wine, and then and and opening a wine store. Um, well, it was more than a love for wine. It wasn't every wine. Yeah, it, it was specific wines. Uh, uh, for instance, it was only old world wines. And then from old world wines, I didn't like Cabernet. I didn't like the grape. 
and I uh, uh, and I didn't like Merlot, and I didn't like. Um, and so I only I, I there were only old world wines, and my my truest passion is actually you know Burgundies and Pinot Noirs, and uh, and and then the passion goes to those people who I think make them who are really true to to you know true whatever that true true as I define it, and and. Uh, um, so I, I keep narrowing the focus into what I want. Yes, and uh, so the, so that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Burgundy, one of the regions with the the deepest heritage, uh, documented back at least to the Middle Ages, uh, and so then this insane lineage of so many growers passing along, 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 and and um, and certainly your list shows uh, your your love for those things. Um, um, both not only at the wine shop but at, at the restaurant and uh, just to use a quote from uh, Levy Dalton he said that uh, they're you know the wines from yesteryear meaning that they're, they're well aged and at yesteryear's prices as well um, which is extraordinary and you don't see it around so how, how are you able to offer these really well aged wines um, at, at a, a re- really reasonable price okay well first of all I started uh, you know I had my uh, I, uh, we, were, we were chatting up a bit before the show but uh, the uh, I, I had this vision of what I wanted the wine store to be, and and what I wanted my restaurant to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and uh, and I realized that that I you know I have a, a a large business, and we have lots of people working for me, and and um, and uh, at any rate, I have the vision, I have the idea, but then I need to find the right person to help me carry it forward well but while i'm but you know while i'm uh while i'm doing that i still have to be in business and uh, uh so in a sense i still had to buy i had to cont- i had to buy the wines that i thought would 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 be the wines that i'd like to sell mm-hmm. even though i really didn't have the right person to sell them or the right person to explain them i didn't care about selling them i i, I don't care about selling them uh, in fact, to the point where all the wines that are on the list that you're holding that's about an inch thick are only available... In I thought this was a phone book. Yeah, I didn't right. know. Yeah. That, those, those wines are only available in my restaurant. And the reason they're available in the restaurant is I want to, I want to make sure that, that the right person, the person's going to appreciate what we're serving them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there are a lot of um, you know, caveats here. Uh, okay, so the it, wine uh, store, which is known as Eli's List... Um, has wines that are kind of more ready to drink. More, they are almost uh, every, almost wines. everything in the wine store is is ready to drink. Right. It's 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 arguably the most curated, the most curated collection of wines that I know of in this city. And to the to the best of of my ability, the best of the ability of the two or three people who are really closely involved with. Uh, with me, uh, they've they've reviewed it. They visited. They they've they've culled from from a great area, a great uh, uh, the the what we think are the best producers wherever whether they're from you know uh, whether they're from the Rhone or from the uh, it, it, I mean there are a lot of uh, um, well there's so many choices now that we have in in New York City as well um, I don't know if you ever use a website 750.com but on 750 they they list 35,000 individual wine labels and that's not even all the distributors so to kind of choose from that and uh i don't know how many uh labels you have at the well, wine i don't store. know i don't think pro- <laughs> yeah maybe i think probably a bit more maybe yeah, 300, 300 but still but still from th- you know 300 from 35,000 is is uh, less than one percent so uh 
so you know we th- we you know we think that we're you know we're we, we think that we have the most curated and it's an education uh, when when somebody goes to a wine store to buy a bottle of wine my store anybody's store it has to be part of an education uh, and they have to come out of there learning something okay uh, and and not being lectured, but there has to, they have to get something more out of it than just the bottle they're taking they're, they're taking home and and uh, um, uh, and, and uh, you know like, like in my restaurant uh, we have bottles for thirty dollars we got bottles for hundreds of dollars I don't care it makes absolutely no difference to me whether a person buys a bottle for thirty dollars or, or or ten times that in fact I often prefer them to have a thirty dollar bottle of wine and, and be introduced to it properly mm-hmm. now do you approach selling wine in the retail store different than you then is it a completely different approach from selling uh, high-end food at, at uh, one of your groceries um, or is it is it a similar idea uh, I, I well I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I quite understand the question. But uh, the uh, high-end food. You, you what hint, is high-end food? Hinted, you hinted what, what, at, at this. There has to be more of a story. Of um, do you, do you find that with with uh, your food products as well that that people want to know about the story? Definitely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, there is no question about the fact that I have the very best produce department in New York City. There is no one. There is no one that's even doing what I'm doing. Uh, where. Uh, you know, we we deal with individual. You can go to the Union Square Farmers Market and find farmers. You know, a bunch of farmers, but uh, but we we reach out to the farmers. We we know them, uh, um, and and we want to tell you about them. We want you to to know that those tomatoes are particularly from somebody who. We know the grower, uh, and we know many. We often know the growers of everything of everything, and and uh, one of the. Uh, in my markets, one of the advantages we have is that as so, soon as something becomes not quite what it should be, it goes and gets cooked. The, the, the tomato source doesn't know that the, the, the tomato had a blemish on it uh, or, or, uh, or it's too soft. Yeah. So we, we take it off the stand before it's too soft. You know, um, so the question is, everything in the store, everything in my stores, we, we try to curate it to, to, the, to the extent that the, in the same, same way that the wines are. Uh, there isn't any difference yeah. in philosophy. So it's, it's not only does it have to taste delicious. Uh, that's that's kind of the entry level point. But there has to be a good story and well and and uh, you have to know it intimately in order for that to to uh, make exactly it there. exactly. Yeah. And and to this end, you know, uh, I go abroad. Uh, uh, I I have a house in Provence. So I and when my kids were growing up, I spent the whole summer there. And and uh, in terms of going to uh, I, I discipline myself to to go shopping every single day. Try to do that. Try try not to buy more than you need just for that meal, uh, uh, or to have some of the beginnings of a of another meal. It, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a real it's it's um, it's a real discipline. And also, you know, I had a chance to visit lots of wine growers, but uh, 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 but I still go. We still make our annual pilgrimage for about ten days to both Piedmont and and Burgundy. I've been doing it for fifteen or twenty years, uh, and uh, 
you know, other areas, uh, a few days here, a few days there. But certainly I don't go abroad as much as uh, somebody uh, who's buying for uh, Michael Skernick. Right. Uh, uh, or or buying for polliner and or, an importer would, would be going or Rosenthal. Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, I, I occasionally run into Neil in in your I uh, I've I've run into Neil twice in the last thirty years in New York City. I've run into him, you know, up teen times in 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 uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, I mean, he seems to be always there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's it's commendable that that you're spending that much time. You don't have to do that much that much effort as someone who's buying, you know, after the importers brought in and the distributor, and you're you're buying it at at the end uh, of, the, of the scale. But knowing and going to verify um, the stories that you're telling and that the wines are made with integrity, um, I think I think is commendable. It's something that I that I try to do, and I wish I could do more of uh, at my end as well. Um, but on that note, I think we should take just a a quick uh, a quick one minute break. Uh, we'll be back with more with Eli Zabar. It's awesome. Uh, on In the Drink. Network.org. Victor's Distillery is a proud sponsor of In the Drink and HeritageRadioNetwork.org. At Michter's, our passion is making the finest whiskeys possible. When you only make small batch and single barrel whiskeys like Michter's does, your whiskey has to be perfect. No detail is too small. From careful attention to the wood used in the construction of our barrels, to lower barrel entry proof before heat-cycled aging in advance of exacting chill filtration. And no whiskey gets bottled until Michter's master distiller says it's just right. Michter's cost-be-damn, taste-is-everything attitude is apparent in every sip of its smooth, rich whiskeys. Is it worth it? A lot of spirits lovers seem to think so. Food & Wine magazine called Michter's the best American whiskey. Bon Appetit said it's amazing. And the Wall Street Journal had one special word for Michter's. Phenomenal. For more information, visit michters.com or simply visit your favorite bartender or retailer and ask for Michter's. All right, we're back on In the Drink with Eli Zabar of uh, so many fine places to eat and drink on the on the Upper East Side. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I have one last question for you about wine retailing. I know you have just this this great shop, uh, and uh, you've been around since two thousand and two. Since then, there have been so many additional wine stores that that have opened. Um, internet is uh, a, a major factor in the way people uh, buy wine. Uh, 
Um, I'm wondering what what do you feel has been um, the the difference? Has there been a, a shift in the way that that people um, approach a wine store since then um, and buying wine since then, um, or is it are people still loving their local neighborhood wine shop? Uh, good question. I, I, uh, my focus for my wine shop is really a neighborhood. I'm not really interested in people outside my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, there are tons of wine stores around the city. I, I, I don't visit any of them, but, but I'm sure there's some really superb ones. But uh, I really just want people, um, as, uh, I, I want uh, local people, people who, well, you know, who, and, and I also think that we, uh, we're very good at explaining things to people, and 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 uh, they should. Uh, there, there, there's a lot. I mean, there's, you know, explaining and bullshit. It's like you know. I, I think we. I think we're educate. I think we're. You come in and you get an education, or at least you get some bits and pieces of an education. Uh, you know, I, I think other the rest of it's kind of verbal diarrhea. Yeah. So, uh, hey, even uh, as as a professional, anytime I've been in, I've I've, uh, I've learned a thing or two. Uh, so I, I think you, you certainly accomplished uh, that that task. Well, I think if you know something, you learn. You you get something out of it, and it, it depends it, at every level. I'm sure when you go into places. The, uh, and uh, who could be more knowledgeable than you? Uh, but but uh, but you do. But but <laughs> you do. But Joe. But but you do get something. You 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 look at a label and it brings back thoughts to you. And and then if you could talk to somebody that's there, mm-hmm. they, they could talk to you about something else. That person that wine grower, grape grower is doing, or, or, I mean, there's so many just ways of learning. Well, you know what happens when I go into a store like yours? Perfect. The stuff that I don't know, I think, wow, I really should, I, I probably should know what that is, and there's probably some, uh, I, I need to learn more. Because uh, when, when you see so many things that you know and you, and you like and you appreciate, uh, and someone there's something else and uh, that, that's more off the beaten path, there's a reason. There's a reason that's there, I'm sure. Um, but I did want to kind of sure. shift, and, and uh, you recently opened up a wine bar, Eli's Essential Wine Bar. Um, that is finally a business that that i'm in as well and we can we can talk okay. as as two people are in the same the, the same business it's uh one of the most fun things i do is uh working at at our our wine bar it gives us so much uh flexibility and freedom uh talk to us about about starting the the wine bar and, and what it's about well first of all it's on 91st street in madison avenue and um there isn't a there isn't a decent, there isn't a halfway decent, there isn't a quarterly, quarterly decent wine bar on the whole Upper East Side. Okay. How is that possible? You know, um, they used to say, I don't know, let's not get into that. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe uh, after I, the show's over. <laughs> I don't know. You know, There are a lot of reasons that things don't happen. And, uh, I mean, there aren't even any really good restaurants on the Upper East Side. So, you know... Uh, why you can debate that? Why aren't there good restaurants on the Upper West Side? Uh, 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 um, where do you live? I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. At any rate, I'm uh, not going to trash the restaurants in my neighborhood. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, uh, the so uh, 
uh, and I agree with you that the wine bar, it, 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 wine bar experience is the most fun experience a person can have in wine. Oh, yeah. Because the 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 uh, latitude that the people that the, of the person working in the wine bar to pour just things to to talk to people about it to, to give people tastes and 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 until they kind of focus in on what they want or what they like or it, it's it's a wonderful experience. It, it's a it, it's an interchange of two people or uh, that, that you 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 wish took place in 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 every in every other way in every other field but it it takes place beautifully uh at the wine bar level and i think we uh we offer a, a nice selection of wines from about 8 or 9 10 dollars to 14 dollars and uh uh, but I uh, and they're generous pours, but but we want you to try a bunch of uh, lots of stuff. We, I mean, we're not unique in that, uh, but uh, you know, have a few tastes. And the uh, the the menu is um, it, I, my restaurant Eli's Table, which is on eightieth and and third. Uh, that's where really that's where my cellar is. That's where the sixteen plus sixteen thousand plus bottles are resting, ready to be. Uh, you know, they're ready to be, um, you know, they're, they're turned uh, to is, be 16,000 bottles, is that true? There's 16,000 or more. Wow. Actually, probably more than that. How many do you list at, at any time? Uh, God, I don't so know. So is it this constant cycle of just putting on stuff? 400 or something? Yeah, we list wow. about 400. Uh, you know, but so, we in, in many of these cases, we don't have very much of a wine. We may have two bottles. We may have four bottles. We may have, uh, it was, uh, you know, when I started this in 2002, uh, uh, to get, you know, you could get more of what you wanted, uh, and um, uh, you know, and I just kept buying until waiting for the day that, that they'd be ready. My my whole philosophy is is that wines these many wines are drunk way too young now, uh, and they they have to be held back. And and you we're talking about pricing. Uh, we tend to price them basically at. A, a margin off what they cost, uh, not what they cost to replace. In fact, we were looking at some Chambon Moussigny from Meunier from uh, from '07. I think I paid uh, fifty dollars a bottle for it. I went to replace to see if I somebody. Uh, it was some. Uh, I was just in Europe uh, two, three days ago, and I was offered uh, thirty six bottles, uh, and uh, they wanted a hundred and fifty or sixty dollars uh, for it. Uh, so. Uh, often you'll you know what do you do it's it's very hard to price you know here something costs you fifty dollars and we would probably you know sell it for a hundred hundred and twenty five dollars that's that's our basic markup on something like that uh um but now to replace it is a hundred and fifty dollars you know uh um, you have to figure it out yeah yeah now where do you look for uh value in burgundy particularly I mean, someone who knows that area so well and who's been who's been buying those wines for for such amount of time seeing those prices and i don't think it's just that particular wine that's gone up significantly in the last 10 years but is there is there a place that you look for or, or are you just bu- buying the nicest burgundy you can you can afford for yourself <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of where you know i no, i when i go into a, i go shopping in wine stores mm-hmm. and uh you know i look for you know what do I look for? You know I uh, I look for you know appellations that that are, are not so well known. Um, um, occasionally, uh, um, you know growers that people don't know very well. I mean, there's still you can still um, uh, find things. Yeah, and I'm just still blown away just thumbing through this list of sixteen thousand 
wines. Uh, thank you for for sharing this with me. This is pretty extraordinary. I see that you you when you find a producer, you really go deep on a producer that you love, um, and and that's something that that we really believe in at at our wine bar and Fora, uh, where we don't have a, a huge swath of producers, but we'll, we have no qualms about having five six wines. Uh, for you, maybe the every single wine that Rowania has ever made, it looks like. Here. Well, I, I've, been, I, I've been visiting Rowania since he was a child, and uh, kind of, I feel like I kind of grew up with him. But uh, we have, uh, I, I want to just plug the, uh, uh, the wine director, his name is Randall, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that, that I found after all these years who could get me to where I wanted to be yeah. here. I have a fellow named Jean Emmanuel Simon, who, who's my who, who really formed my helped help form my philosophy he's French uh, he went to the equivalent of Harvard he always wanted to be uh, in wine in the wine business he imports Italian wines into 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 Italy uh, into uh, Italian wines into pa- in France I'm sorry into into Paris and and he also uh, he writes for a review de on the France I don't know if you've ever seen this magazine it's, it's argu- it, it's not arguably it's the most important wine magazine in the world Okay, but it's in French, so you'd have to. You know, if you, if you, it, it, uh, it's it, it is an amazing magazine, uh, um, and he's kind of shaped my philosophy. Everything I buy, basically, kind of he curates, and then we decide whether we're going to get it or not. But so, is it fair to say that you, you've known what you've liked over the years, but he's helped you to articulate it and to understand why it is what you like. Exactly. You know, there, wine, a really, a really in-depth understanding of wine uh, and the purity of it, uh, the maker, uh, you cannot learn by yourself. Uh, you cannot learn to be, you, there are things like golf. You can't learn to play golf by yourself. I don't play golf, by the way. I, you can learn to play tennis by yourself, but you can't. There are some things that, that you really need instruction at the, high, at, at the lowest or even at the highest level. You need some guide uh, that, that, that awakens you, uh, kind, of an inner, uh, uh, kind of an inner self. Uh, and this guy, Jean-Emmanuel, we call him Jess. For me, he's done that. Okay, and Randall works with him. Uh, um, we I brought a sommelier over from uh, Paris for a year. He's working for me now. His name is uh, Killian. He he worked at a restaurant called Arpege. It has three stars. It's in Paris. All right. Uh, 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 his job is is really to also talk to the people about talk to the clients about the wine. Mm-hmm. Tell them something about it. Uh, um, so you know we have a team here. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just kudos on putting together that team. Uh, it's, I think, important. Uh, for me, that's like art. Like, I couldn't look at a piece of art without any context and, and really understand it. And, and wine is in the, in the, in the same manner. It, you know, you look at it like, oh, that's nice, that's delicious, that's, delicious. That looks, that's pretty. But when you really understand what goes into it, that, and you have someone who can translate that for you, that, uh, that, that helps you have a, a much deeper understanding in the way I... I've I've always said, and you may disagree, that that not many other food products can can uh, can give you. Wine is 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 much more complicated than 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 um, other food products. I mean, you uh, and and but you, you, as you were just getting to with with art, you 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 know you can take an art history course online, or you can you you might have one of the great art history professors 
you know, up at, uh, you know, uh, uh, working with, you know, at Yale, taking a course at Yale. Uh, and your appreciation goes, uh, it just goes so deeply, uh, so deep. Uh, um, you just can't, one of the issues is that they're just, most of the people working in the field just don't really know very much. Uh, they they know what they've read in books and they know what other people have told them, but they, they don't really have an inner knowledge uh, of it. They haven't really gone to the resource, the sources, and and uh, it's it's a complicated, it's too complicated to get into here. But no, I, you know what I think we hit on. I think that's a good uh, point to end on actually, um, because we're, we've uh, run run short on time. But what I appreciate about you and about the about the the wines that you serve. Um, at the wine bar, at the shop, the restaurant. These are wines that uh, are not only authentic to the place, but authentic to, to, to you. You really do love them. You vetted them out. You visited these producers. Uh, it's really hard to find that uh, from any other uh, restaurant, wine store, wine bar uh, around. So, uh, so thank you for adding that to uh, to what what You're we welcome. have uh, in in New York City. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for for being on the show today, Eli. Eli Zabar, I can't believe it. Thanks for having a legend. Me, mm-hmm. um, also, want to send a few thanks to. Um, to uh, Jory Morales and Jack Inslee, our uh, producer and engineer of the show. You guys kill it every week. I, I really appreciate all the work that you guys do. To our sponsor, Michter's. Uh, to my girlfriend, Alyssa, for suggesting that I get in touch with Eli. That's so cool. Uh, thank you, uh, Alyssa. I hope you listen to the show. And to Thank you, the, Alyssa. Yeah. To, <laughs> uh, and to all of you guys for listening, um, I really appreciate that uh, that you come out and listen to, uh, to the show and uh, keep us going for over two years now. Um, today, we have, uh, we're going to give a little uh, tag-in uh, to All in the Industry hosted by Sherry Sherry Bear, uh, which airs every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Sherry, take it away. All restaurant reviewers typically focus on what's new, and which, of course, raises the question in every for every uh, critic, how new is too new? You know, can you, can you reasonably write about a new restaurant after three weeks, a month, uh, six, six months? Steve Quozo, restaurant critic for the New York Post, has strong opinions on the process of reviewing a new restaurant. Hear a clip of him on episode 45 of All in the Industry. Restaurant reviews are completely unlike any other form of criticism because the product is never the same. You, you know, movies are always the same, yeah. etc. Uh, Broadway shows, plays are mostly the same, allowing for minor variations in, in performances evening to evening. But... Uh, Every restaurant meal is a different product and a different experience. And I always tell my friends that when you go to a restaurant, you're not really buying a meal. You're buying a memory. And the trick is to figure out when is the time that it's safe to sort of try to express that memory for readers in a way that may be useful to them. But restaurants, the whole, as we know, everything changes so rapidly. Uh, the movement of chefs and Owners in front of the house, people were so mercurial uh, 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 that a place can be completely different night to night, more so than was true in the, in the past. This was an excerpt of All in the Industry, episode 45. For more behind-the-scenes conversations on the restaurant and hospitality industry, listen to archived episodes of All in the Industry on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and iTunes. This piece was brought to you by the International Culinary Center, culinarycenter.com. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. 
You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.